Nachos amigos and welcome to Record Breakers. I'm Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me is my crew, my team, to talk about music with. We've got Brett. Uh, let me get my rock and roll saxophone out. Um, <laughs> we're doing this audio style, yeah. but uh, let's just say I've got the best leather suit jacket available. Yes. Uh, we've got Drew. Who's trying to get the pipe? <laughs> hey, I don't have a great towel. I will tell you that much. I don't no. have a great towel. Uh, but but I, or a denim shirt. shirt on a hanger. Yes. Uh, and we've got Patrick. Hi. <laughs> uh, we're here with uh, with some music to talk about, and the provider said music is none other than Drew. Drew, what do you got for us this week? Well, there's this man. Uh, I just realized that I meant to look up how to actually pronounce his last name correctly, and I did not do that. Um, but James Deweese, uh, who has played with many a band uh, from bands like Coalesce and Death Spells to Newfound Glory and the Get Up Kids. What we're going to dive into is an album by his solo project, a band he calls Reggie in the Full Effect. And we're going to dive into their album, Songs Not to Get Married to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, what expectations did you have coming into this album? Uh, Andrew Sheepish grin. Um, no, um, let the, let's take a look at the uh, a few of the associated acts that were mentioned before. Um, the, the ones that I'm actually familiar with. We've got Newfound Glory. Mm-hmm. We've got My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Slipknot. Um, mm-hmm. Slipknot, everybody. Slipknot. Um, that, that's like a th- three strikes near. Oh, let's, let's just say I jumped into these waters with a slice. Nope. Let's say no slice of confidence that I'm going to have a, a religious experience. Um, my, my, I, I did a really, really effortful job, I, I would say, of trying to push my prejudices, prejudices aside. Um, and I was really, really looking to be proven wrong. Um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things going against this album. Um, whether or not that happened... Well, we will find out later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is a an album from a genre that I don't follow uh, by a guy who was in bands that I definitely dislike. Um, but uh, am I going to be the bitter man? Am I going to be bigger than this album? I don't know. Petey, what do you have to say? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, Patrick, what expectations did you have coming into this album? So my my prior exposure to Reggie and the Full Effect outside of uh, his role in the Get Up Kids, who are a band I adore, was uh, on Warp Tour in 2004 or 5. Oh, boy. Where, where I saw I didn't see their whole set. I saw one song for their set, and it was them covering Rain and Blood by Slayer, and it was fucking awesome. That's all I had. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Uh, Drew, how would you describe this album music? It will be the themes elements that that make it up. The thing about Reggie and the Full Effect was that James Dewey's sort of put together a four-song tape that he would hand out for free, and then he got sort of pressured into recording it 
in an actual studio as opposed to in his house. Um, and that was the first record, the greatest hits, 1984 to 1987. After that, there was a couple of really like funny put together records where it was, um, like one was called under the tray and under the tray, literally the CD was hidden under the tray. So there was no CD on top, just under it. It was that sort of thing. He didn't, he didn't really take it seriously. It was an outlet for him to say like, Hey, I have a lot of weird influences. I've been in a lot of weird bands. I want to make my own thing that I can do multiple things with. The reason I picked songs not to get married to is not because it shows that the best, but because it actually has the most cohesion of any of the records. Most of the records are all over the place and crazy. This one, um, because it's inspired by a divorce, it has. I'm gonna let you finish. Are you saying this ain't crazy and weird and disjointed? Let me get is, you on the record, sir. Sticking my microphone in your face because I can't do it on video. <laughs> it is musically it's speaking, it is disjointed. all over the place, but it is less. Um, and if you haven't heard the other ones, there are weird like 30 second skits in the other ones that have nothing else to do with anything else. There are There's weird like one. answering machine stuff um, going on in the other ones. It's they're weird. This one has a through point. Um, it takes inspiration from his divorce that he was going through with his then wife, now ex-wife. So there is a thread of both like anger at the situation and sort of forlorn sadness in some of the parts, but all in this underpinning of definite, like pointed, like I know I'm going through this. I know I'm going to get past this, but like this is dumb and I hate everything that it's about. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of cool. He plays on the record. He plays every instrument. Um, when they go on tour, obviously not possible. He gets people from other bands, but the, this album is him playing every instrument that's featured there. So from keys to bass to drums, and you can sort of see all of his <coughs> underlying influences. It, the first band he was in, was a band coalesced that was a sort of math core, uh, focused band. So you can, you find elements of that in here you find elements of the more get up kid side of things. You find these other elements. He also has these alter egos that he jumps into and we can, I'm going to point out one of them during the songs. Um, but he's definitely has alter egos that he jumps into for Reggie and the full effect to even go farther out there with other genres. It's a definite like outlet for him. Yes. Yeah. Like slim shady. <laughs> it's a definite outlet for James, uh, Dewey's, uh, Reggie and the full effect is and i kind of like it for that because you get to see something where most people if they're in a band you have to think of the other members of the band and you have to worry about what they want and you might i face this all the time we have you have different influences in a band right and you want to play a song that's like this but you want to play a song that's like that and you have to always be mindful of the fact that that's what it is this song or this album in general, and Reggie in the full effect in general, is James being what he wants to be and doing what he wants to do at any given moment. And yeah, it's a bit weird. There's there's a weird new wavy, new romantics dance track. And then two songs after it, it's like a weird song with screaming. And then you have 
synthy pop songs and it, it's the bright side it's disjointed it's weird and it's out there but it's definitely something that you get a sense of what this person is into and what they want to make with their time mm-hmm. well well uh, drew i i don't think it's clear what what are some of the themes and elements that make this album tick this <laughs> this album as i said was inspired by um a divorce so there is an underpinning of anger to oh, a lot don't of these say. songs the, the, this is about like a guy who's okay, okay. <laughs> uh brett what would be what would be how would you describe this album musically what would be the themes and elements that make well, it up themes and elements that i can make it up um uh there's some uh, that, Welcome to the turn of the millennium, or like the time that the millennium decided it was in the 90s. Um, you get some millenniumitis. Uh, you get some singing affectation. Um, there are a few. Uh, okay. Yeah. You got some stuff floating around in the musical soup um, of this album. Um, a lot of those gave me a little bit of pause. Um, I, I didn't, you know, come into this. I, I didn't read the comic book or the the four part play um, that was included in the sleeve of the jacket, um, but uh, I was not uh, expecting the electronic tracks, um, <laughs> the the few beat driven pop alt was 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 sort of a thing, um, and and you know guess what there's some synth underneath because this is an album made by a keyboardist. Um, and, uh, you got some of that. Um, there's also the, uh, hashtag favorite, uh, vocal style of, uh, Brett Hibbard, the, uh, growling throat scream. It's really got everything going for it to be my favorite album ever. <laughs> um, we'll get into that when we start breaking down songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, how, how would you describe this album musically? What would be the themes that must have caught your attention? Uh, th- this combines the music I was listening to in 2005 with the music I was listening to in like 2011, which is to say metalcore and 80s synth pop, and therefore really, really, really hits me in a good place right now. Um, Would you say good it's, it's, as in good? Good or for me fun. and my fucked up wrong musical tastes. Uh, as as usual, I will state that I am often wrong about my my musical taste and my musical snobbery. Correct. But, uh, yes, yes. But it, it but like I I kind of left this like how did I miss this in two thousand five, and and like this was this would have been very much up the alley of what I was listening to, but with the added layer of let's just throw like fifty synth synthesizers on this and see what happens. Um, I'm also a connoisseur of the breakup record. I think some of the best albums ever recorded were were breakup and or uh, relationship strife related. Uh, and this this is really like in in the pantheon of breakup records. This one this one stands fairly tall. It's a good one. It's uh it's fucking brutal. It is not happy. And uh, sometimes happy music is fun. And sometimes you really want something just full of angst and anger and and hate and this has that in spades mm-hmm. uh uh-uh. true 
what would be some of the key tracks for you that you would uh, zero in on that make this uh, record what it is? Well, I'm going to start out with the first two uh, tracks. Uh, what the Hell is Contempt? Uh, starts you out with a little bit of everything uh, that this band is about, in my opinion. You get a synthy keyboard line right at the beginning. You get the fast-moving, like, sort of Chuck power chords. And then you get a bit of the clean vocals mixing in with sort of a backdrop of the screen vocals. It is it lets you know that you're not going to be staying in one place for too long. There's going to be a lot of different stuff on this record and it starts out angry. Um, get well soon. Uh, I feel I have to mention cause it was the bigger of the singles off of this, uh, for them. It puts a lot of the emphasis on this forlorn, um, sort of sad sound in the keys again, like Swigert said, it's the breakup record, right? Um, there was this is the spot i think those two songs in particular let you know that there's no mistaking there is anger there's sadness there's defiance they let you know what this uh record is going to be about and they do it both musically and lyrically um it's it's something that goes throughout the record uh, take me home please is probably one of my favorite songs Reggie in the full effect has ever made um, I can actually, actually, I'm going to put it on record. I will put it right here. Um, take me home, please is my favorite Reggie and the full effect song ever made. Um, the, the dancing nature of it, um, sort of that weird, like synthy new wave, um, bit of influence, but I'm going to get into another song here in a second has even more of that. Um, it just is a weird track right in the middle, but it also, knowing the big picture of the record and how this fits in and sort of like the denial aspects of it was really cool. Um, again, it's something that musically is very far removed from the rest of the record as is the next song I'm going to point out, but something that seeing it as the whole record and knowing the like sort of James Dewey's as a person and like where he's bounced around of from a band like coalesce all the way to a band like newfound glory, you sort of understand why this might be on the record and then love reality. Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to do every song. Uh, love reality will be my last and I'll stop going and gushing about, uh, this record. Um, but this is the, uh, fluctuation part of James Dewey's alter egos. There's common denominator and there's fluctuation and fluctuation is a very new romantics inspired, uh, turn that he takes on a lot of the records and i think that love reality is probably one of the best examples of the fluctuation shift that he takes a lot of times that i think is just i think i like it better than the common denominator shifts he takes because i'm more into like weird new wave than i am heavy metal so that's just my take on it yeah uh i will say the the one track i was surprised i'd, I'd heard before uh, just because I, I guess I didn't remember it was "Get Well Soon," and I, oh yeah, I, it was it was familiar. Some, some video games. Yeah, yeah, yep. it was familiar, and I didn't know why. Then I looked it up and realized, oh, it plays on Saints Row. Saints Row. <laughs> yep, the first Saints Row has Reggie in the full effect, and no, but like, it's, like it's one of those things that like a lot of people don't realize. Yep. Yeah, I, I've heard it before. It was a couple of times. Uh, Brett, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Well, let's get down to it, Petey. <laughs> and all the rest. 
listeners out there. Love reality. We get some quaalude mouth, everybody. Talk <laughs> singing over, you know, over the most. Oh, okay. It, it is the most end of album sounding reverb, piano strings, palm muted guitar building up to a crescendo that left me wondered how many times I'd have to listen through this album type of track. Um, but no, it, it's, it's definitely one of the main tracks, how they close it out. Cause I'm going to do the opposite of the record breaker things, but, uh, no, uh, what the hell is stipulation? Um, I have to bring up the fact that the West coast sine wave, uh, came back and this time it was paired up with butt rock guitar. Um, Kinda. Um, my thoughts on talk singing have been covered on this podcast before, but I'll sort of reiterate. Um, if it ain't one night in Bangkok, it's likely not going to work for me. Sadly, the uh, the levels of chess tournaments in Thailand in this song were were a little lacking. Um, but you know, it's it's the, this is an album where somebody is, you know slicing themselves open and showing themselves to each other much like the uh the reddit meme that i saw earlier this week so listening to someone dump their emotions is all fine and good but i actively dislike and avoid things that make me sad and this song and along with like maybe three quarters of the song made me feel really bad and the 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 words i would have to say about those albums is you know this 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 song's kind of a guy saying something i i can't help this guy it makes me feel bummed out because i can't help this guy he's in a bad life situation uh that's the album that we're listening to so yeah those are those are two songs that really encompassed um and especially saying that the the other album that we listened to uh that uh uh record breakers the production notes uh this the, there was some uh some dissonance between this and the other song I was listening to for the last week and a half. So, uh, yeah. Um, there's some depressing stuff, especially when partnered with the other music that made me really happy. (laughs) Uh, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? I'll do the record breakers thing and talk about the opener. What the hell is contempt? Um, this, this just kicks you right in the face to start. Uh, and you kind of know exactly where you're going. Um, I like one of the things I really enjoy about this is you've got like the aggression of metalcore, but like sort of happy sounding synthesizers. And it, and it's sort of that juxtaposition that uh, I think makes it kind of fun for me, especially now being someone who both enjoys still like has a spot in his heart for metalcore, but also really, really loves 80 synth pop and that and that sort of synth sound that uh, uh, really is around here. Uh, take me home, please, uh, is like the most super polished, wonderful Adam and his package song. Like it it is very much like the, the grindy guitars and the synth and everything has a great hook and, and that'll, that'll always, uh, make me happy. And, uh, shout out to Laura's Australian dance party. Cause, uh, (laughs) there's a dance track on here because why the fuck not? And it sounds like the prodigy and I fucking love the prodigy because I'm a child of the nineties and, and sort of along with that, uh, anyone else, when they heard death, no did they just picture techno Viking dancing to that? (laughs) 
That song needs Techno Viking. That song was made everybody. for Techno Viking. <laughs> Welcome to Stuff the Internet, from the internet of 2005. 2005. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. Yep. I assume he saw the Techno Viking video and he's like, <laughs> I need to make the soundtrack for that. Because yeah, fuck Techno this Viking's song. like 50 now. Yeah. yeah. Super weird. Yeah. He was probably 50 yep. then. Which is going to like, yeah. The whole thing. And it just, you know, he's, that's that, that loot visc is really yes. good on your body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Everybody got to love that for a minute. Dude was, dude was ripped as shit, though. Let's be That's fair. what amphetamines do to a man. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> <yeah>. got <laughs> them gains, though. Yep. That's all that matters. He got them gains. But, but uh, you know, I, I'm not going to do the true thing and name them all, but those four uh, for very different reasons. And even the closer, uh, Playing Dead, which sounds like the closer of every like emo metalcore record from this era but in like the best way possible. And, and uh, I, I give it a shout out for closing out the record the way uh, this sort of a record should be closed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are, those are some interesting charts to say the least. Uh, let's bring it back around the horn and talk, talk about some conclusive thoughts because uh, this is an interesting kind of polarized uh, polarizing album. In exactly the way we, we, we one would predict it what it was. Uh, oh no, I knew this was going to happen. I was like, Swagger might really like this, and Brett's going to hate every second. And I was, <laughs> I sort of knew that going in, and I was okay with that because I, I love this record. So I'll get into it. Uh, but yeah, conclusive thoughts, Brett. What would be your conclusive thoughts on this album as a whole? As somebody who got married during the year that this album came out or actually shortly thereafter. Um, I, I, I would say this isn't really what I came to music for. Um, uh, it didn't deter me. We'll, we'll just say that. Um, but uh, you know, when, when I come to music, I, I really don't want to get, get bogged down in like the sadness. I, I don't want things to bring me down musically. Um, it's, it's a musical of someone's therapy session, um, which is not only brings you down, but it also is awkward. Um, and that's my feelings as somebody who spent a large portion of his life studying the genre of music called blues. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, there's a level of awkwardness. I, I, I try to surround myself with things that are inspiring and positive because I have enough time, uh, spent dusting the skeletons in my own personal closet. I don't feel I need to compare and contrast with a, a keyboardist from Kansas city. Um, musically, I didn't really find a groove or a hook that grabbed me. Um, you know, there's not anything here over my multiple listenings uh, that chiseled a memory that I'm going to be like, oh, hey, that's that that's my jam, yo. Um, I, I wasn't really bettered by my listening to this album. Um, but that's my take. You, you can really disagree with that. I mean, this album could be your jam, Miss Jam, but I really don't get it. I come to music for something different than this. I will... personal goals whether or not it needs to be something 
that uh, I need to hear and enjoy. I, 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 you know, you can make any music you want if it makes you a, feel better. If it is your personal therapy to make music about what you're going through in life, but I can still not like it, and I think that's <laughs> where we're at with this album. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what would be your conclusive thoughts on the album? Uh, where has this been for the last 10 years that I didn't hear it? Um, I'm, I'm really mad at myself for not like seeking out more <laughs> Reggie in the full effect. Sorry. I, I am. I'm I'm mad sorry. I have forward. to, I have to, I have to interrupt everyone here because you very much, I could hear it in your voice, took a concerted effort to word that differently than you did in the group me about half a week ago. Was so that, that I didn't butt in. Tweet? It was a group me because I but, remember yeah. answering back. The get up kids for the most part. Yeah. Where's this been all my life? I'm in the get up kids. In the get up kids, uh, usually. Which, which also I enjoy. Um, so, Brett is a person who doesn't give a fuck about the lyrics of music, and that's okay. That is a valid. No, uh, I opinion. care about lyrics of music. I don't care about hearing somebody's like personal errors that they are. I, I don't want to hear somebody's therapy session. Well, I will well, listen to somebody having a destructive self-purpose if they're doing jump splits and talking about partying and having a good time i don't go out of my way to listen to somebody have a bad time musically okay well i i am a person who enjoys uh who enjoys uh some music that has people some having a bad time in music yes you want yes yeah, i want to slip my wrist with the music yeah, yeah let me eat these but, pills but- but see, I never did any of that shit. That's what the music was for. Was so I didn't do all that shit. It's also not this record. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's, I, but I, it is a this, very this record is depressing album. It is deeply unhappy. But in that manner, like, like sometimes you just need a fucking angry record, and this is now an angry record rotation. And angry I will record. be, I will be oh. seeking out the rest of their uh, catalog and seeing if it this lives up to this hype. Self-loathing album. It's not what a. What is wrong with self-loathing, Brett? Just Everything is wrong. Because and the rest of us don't. No, or at least I don't. <laughs> because you, if you want to have a good life, surround yourself with positivity. If you surround yourself with with horribleness, you end up listening to, like, you end up being a kid born. Well, after the cure was ever a thing, and and like painting your, you, well, what you the do, fuck's wrong with the cure? The cure are fantastic. They're bad. Lots of things. The cure are fantastic. You're they fun. have a song that's good. They have like a whole record that's good. Maybe yeah. several. They have. You end up wearing like objectionable. Uh, you, you go to Hot Topic. You don't have well, to wear hot... the eyeliner to listen to the fucking cure. No, no, but I, the people that proselytize Blacker? the cure are yeah. those people. I, I knew I, Brett I'm was just going somebody to, that says if you're in I a knew. bad place, don't listen to music from people who are in a bad place. Like, let, let me talk about the blues for a second. Like, there, there there are people talking about their lady left them or their dog died or like, you know, I'm stuck working at a, a factory that I'm in debt to. But at least in blues music, you have something. You have a hook, a jive, a groove. You can hang on to and minor pentatonic works in a way with a song that is depressing, that is actually uplifting. It's somebody that is airing their grievances with life, but they're doing so in a way that they're getting out their grievances through their music. 
instead oh, of just pouring their so their this. their depression onto somebody to consume. Nope. I, I think I think it has You're the wrong. same effect. No, you just don't have the same reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just well. You're I very can, angry like, about like, it. Like, for me, and be like, like, hey, like, I don't like this because it brings me down. But somebody like playing about their playing a blues track about their dog dying or, you know, more over blues as a standards genre. Like not everybody's singing like the white man blues is not something that brings me down. Or, you know, even if I go far enough to the blues, like in the 50s, it's it's not something where I'm hearing somebody actually like spilling out the the details of their their they are pantomime they are they are still they are juicing things up for effect to make a musical product where this is somebody Eric Clapton had one of the saddest songs in history but that wasn't a blues song that was a that was like a pop rock acoustic song him playing le- most of Eric Clapton's blues was written by other people that was the one song that he wrote that was of note I mean, I, I, I get it. This is just a different thing, and I absorb it differently. But like, You're now angry about Eric Clapton. Oh, my God. You were really mad about this record. I'm not mad about this record. <laughs> which is putting, which is why, putting you in a very I, bad place. How I place. absorb B.B. King versus how I absorb a guy who's given me the notes that he wrote to his therapist. Like, it's a different thing. And Music is therapeutic. Like, that's fine. But they're not the Every same. I, I like is. blues because it I is an outlet for being like, oh, hey. But like, I, I, I feel like at the end of the day, the guy who writes the, the, the soupy blues song is gaining something from it. And the guy who is writing the emo track is, is burying his chest for a different outcome. It's a... Notice, it, notice it, the descriptors the I measuring put. measuring contest of how bad my life's been. The descriptors I put, right? It is anger, it is sadness, and it is also defiance. Those are the things in this record that a lot of people, including myself, have found. Right. So it's not just the sadness. It's not just woe is me. There's a definite defiance and a definite anger. The cover of this record is a burning trailer. Like there is a definite like, look, I'm like, this is me. But this is also like, this is me in this moment. But there is also a definite fuck you to this moment and what I'm going through. And I'm getting through it because I'm better than this situation that Love Reality, Laura's Australian Dance Party, Take Me Home, Please. All of those tracks are indicative of that, right? So what you have to do is realize that, yes, this is not your style of music, but there is a definite difference between this and a woe is me record. Well, I, this, this was, again, I did not read into this more than the music gave to me. I did not get the same reaction to it. Yes, I don't, and I come to this fully letting you guys know these are my opinions on this, and right. I'm trying to leave but my hands at the door. But you're very angry about it, and you're I'm, saying that I'm trying to justify every of, single opinion I have as much as I can. But yeah, but we can agree to disagree to, on the fact tried, that I come out of this not feeling that I have been this is, bettered. The reason you you are angry 
And the reason this is escalating this album. You are. Um, no. The reason that this is going on, and I sat back and let it like I let it happen, but I don't care. Like at the end of the day, right? Because this is a record I like, and this is a record I will listen to, and this is a record I have fun with. I have fun driving home listening to Get Well Soon. I have fun sitting in my room and dancing along with Take Me Home, Please. This, to me, is a fun record. And I understand that from a musical standpoint, you are coming from a different area of this. But at the same time, there was a definite break in Swagger describing it, and or you describing it, then Swagger started to describe it, and you essentially making fun of his description, which is where this started to escalate and where your yelling about this record came in. And if you said you don't, you didn't start yelling about this record, we have to take. It's, it's a record that I find really, really fun. And that is what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, Drew, uh, we'll go further along and uh, uh, have your uh, conclusive thoughts. What, what, what would be uh, beyond that? Your conclusive thoughts on this album? I I find this record to be like one of um, the coolest records to come out of this era of vagrant records. To me, Reggie and the Full Effect in general is just a band that a band is James Dewey's sort of doing again what he wants to there is a Loch Ness Monster in videos there is weird plays on album titles and such like that and at the end of the day there is alter egos there is finish there is a finished metal alter ego there is a new romantics alter ego there is all sorts of stuff going on in every record and all of it stems from James Dewey's wanting to make music how he wants to make it. And he he goes into all these different bands because he has all these different outlets. But at the end of the day, Reggie and the Full Effect, I think you're sort of getting a slice of musically what he wants to do. And I think that's really, really cool when you can see that separated from the Get Up Kids, from Coalesce, from My Chemical Romance. You can you get an actual sense of who this artist is, whether you like the Get Up Kids. I like the Get Up Kids. Swagger said he liked the Get Up Kids. Whether you like My, my Chemical Romance. I didn't like My Chemical Romance. Um, whether you liked or disliked the other bands he was in, you can sort of see where he found inspiration from where he was at and what he listened to before and how that can come into a record like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it and to kind of wrap a bow on on this discussion and go into our haiku reviews. Uh, the main event of the evening, our haiku reviews, where we sum it all up into fun little poems. Uh, I'll start with Brett. Brett, what is your haiku? I missed that. Who did you say? Yeah, that just cut out. Oh, uh, Brett. Uh, Brett uh, <laughs> Thank God it wasn't just me. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, it cut out. Like, well, I'm, I'm, glad, right I'm glad it was... For that it to was... be super awkward. I'm glad. <laughs> okay. Because it was Brett. I asked Brett. <laughs> I'm glad it was that you guys didn't hear who, was, who, was addre- who I was addressing. Because I was like, 
is he mad? Did, did, did he walk away? <laughs> like, uh, I turned to Dr. Seal. It's like, it's like, uh, Brett, what is your haiku? All right. Well, not my genre. I expect your respect, your and my right to be super wrong. Yes. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? Synthy metalcore, a brutal breakup record. How did I miss this? I'll throw uh, my uh, haiku in there. A unique sound mix of lots of all bullshit and hard guitars and keys. Drew, what is your haiku? Get up, kids, lied me. I stayed for variety and the use of keys. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it for our thoughts and our discussion of Reggie and the Full Effect. Songs not to get married to. You can, of course, check this out on our Spotify playlists. Play Record Records, the home game. Play along with us at home. Uh, and, you know, just subscribe to that. Uh, not on our Spotify playlist. And I'm going to go ahead and just bring him on to so he can introduce it. Let's see if it works. Uh, eh, no, it's not working. Uh, next <laughs> week will be our, 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 our guest episode. Uh, with none other than Matthew Squiggles Walton. Uh, and he will be bringing on uh, the Dixie Chicks, Little Cowgirl. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating discussion, to say the least. Uh, and we look forward to it, depending on technology. We'll see what happens. Uh, that won't be on a Spotify playlist. Unfortunately, uh, you'll have to go find it somehow. It's one of those albums. Sorry. Uh but I, I, I guarantee you it's going to be worth the effort, at least for the discussion next week. Uh, but that's it for this week. You can, of course, find us all over the internet. Patrick is at the Swagger. Brett is at HibbityBibbert, H-I-B-B-I-T-Y-B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Drew is at X-Juice I'm at PD Rave. The show is at 4 Record Breakers. That's number 4 Record Breakers. RecordBreakersPodcast.com. RecordBreakersPodcast at gmail.com. Rebelly.net for this and other shows. Rebelly TV on YouTube, Twitch, things, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places, uh, Google Play, all things. Until next time, hasta los huevos. That toodaloo won't be heard above uh, Squiggles' plane. Toodaloo!
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>